Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Matt. And welcome to Going Pear-Shaped on AudioEntropy.com, a podcast where we talk about just kind of whatever we feel like. So hey, Matt. Hey, Mike. Yeah, what uh, what have you been up to lately? I've been playing a shitload of For Honor. All right, tell me about For Honor. For Honor is a recently released as of February, I think it was like 12, who gives a shit, um, weird medieval alt-history, alt-future, post-pre-apocalyptic medieval, I suppose you'd call it, action game involving the samurai, stereotypical samurai, stereotypical knights, and stereotypical Vikings beating the absolute piss out of each other in multiplayer and or single-player campaigns with a progression system, unlockable loot gear, a lock-on targeting system, and some other bullet points on the back of the box that I forgot and no one really gives a shit about. You it's said a whole good. lot of words and like none that that conveyed no information. To yeah, me. Th- like I said, bullet points on the back of the box that don't really say a whole lot. It's essentially like a slow, methodical souls or like uh, chivalry or and or like mountain blade style sword swinging, hammer swinging, actiony slash em up type game. Okay. In fact, I believe you played it, didn't? Isn't that true? I did. I played in the co- I played in the closed beta. Some I was. I was trying to bury the lead. I was going to let you explain the game before I jumped in with my shit. Yeah, but that's that's kind of deceitful to the audience, pretending like you'd never played it or didn't know what I was talking about. It's not yeah. what we're about on this show. Well, we I let mean, you I'm, know I'm the tr- real I'm story. Trying, I'm trying to make this like a real a real big boy podcast. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, put that shit back. Well, speaking of real real big boy things, so so what, what do you what do you like about For Honor? Um, I like the fact that it's one of those games that takes fighting game mechanics and incorporates them into a game that's not really a typical fighting game relatively well, um, even though it has its own problems. We'll get to that in a moment. Um, in short, it's a game that really rewards things like footsies and spacing and technical gameplay knowledge and throw teching and Oki, Yomi, um... What are some other fighting games things? There are no fireballs in that game. At least not in the typical sense. You can get, like, a catapult shot sort of thing. Um, we're, we're kind of getting back into the thing where you say nonsense and then my eyes glaze over. Yeah. So. It's a real good sort of fighting game light type thing that yeah, I can play with my friends. That's that's why I like it. Okay. So, uh, here's why I didn't like it so much. Um, it is a game that incorporates fighting game elements into, into a game that is not a fighting game. And <laughs> I'm not super into fighting games for the most part. Uh, here's the thing. I, 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 I knew about For Honor since like that first like big reveal trailer way, way back in like some E3 a couple years ago. I'm f- fucking who knows. Yeah, we just and, and like from what I saw, like, here's the thing. There's a lot of like NPCs running around that are like troops. It's, 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 it's kind of a domination thing where there's like three points you have to take, but the middle one has like... AI NPC like little sh- yeah little shitter minions yeah and the thing is I saw that and was like oh shit fucking multiplayer dynasty warriors hell fucking yeah sign me up and then I went to play and it's like oh there's like it's like a rock paper scissors kind of fighting game thing and you got to watch your triangles there's there's a lot of that combat system that's watching a triangle it's a lot of that combat system that's watching a triangle there's a lot of that system 
combat system that's teching throws and not dying. There's a lot. Of, there's actually a fair amount to that combat system, but yeah, there's a lot of that combat system that is watching a triangle, which admittedly I don't really have a problem with because, well, if you want to be incredibly reductive, basically any game's combat system typically comes down to a rock, paper, sister, scissors trifecta. See also like Yomi and also like a fuck ton of games. I'm not even going to bother going into it. And I'm kind, I'm kind of fine with that. Like, that's not necessarily my problem with it in and of itself. It's just, I was expecting, like, just a fairly simple, easy-to-pick-up, like, kind of action game. And the end result was actually really complicated. And resulted in me getting my ass handed to me a lot. Like, a lot, a lot. I mean, do you felt, feel like they, you kept getting your ass handed to you because, like, the game was actually too complicated? Or because it was, like, bad at conveying information? Because I'd argue that that game's kind of, like, main weakness, or one of its weaknesses is that, like a lot of fighting games, it's really fucking bad at conveying information and, like, what you should be doing to the player. There is a point where it doesn't matter which one it is, because, like, if if I don't understand what's happening, how simple it actually is kind of doesn't matter. Know what I'm saying? To an extent, like, yeah. Like, there's, there's, there's a point where, to me, like, a game that's just too complicated for me to understand and a game that's just bad at explaining itself to me are kind of the same thing. Well, to an extent, yeah, but the deal with For Honor is, since you have people, i.e. myself, who are into that game, if it's just really bad at conveying information, and I know I'm a bad teacher, we've been there before, but if it's just bad at conveying information, as long as you have someone to explain it for you, it's not typically that big of an obstacle to overcome. Whereas if it's a game like say, I don't know, like, Guilty Gear, where that game is, like, actually really hard to play, there's kind of no getting around that. I mean, there's there's a thing where, like, I, I, I go up and I get into a fight with a dude, and that fight's over in about five seconds. Yeah, that is... And, like, is... a million things happen within those five seconds, and if I can't process what happened, I can't figure out what I did wrong. Yeah, and that's fair. And that, in fairness's name to you, um, For Honor is a game that can be insanely lethal um one of the big complaints i've kind of seen from more casual players is that throws are way too good in that game and throws are not way too good in that game throws in a bizarre roundabout way are actually fucking terrible once you get up into a certain play level because of how easy they are to break but until you get up to that point um if you land a throw a lot of times it's just an instant kill because you grapple yeah. somebody, and then you huck them into the spike wall, the pit, the bonfire, the saw blade, the whatever the fuck, and they're just dead. Um, That's actually kind of become a thing I've noticed, is that people don't like it when you teach them how to cliff dive in that game. They get really, really angry, which I find incredibly funny because I'm a petulant shit goblin, but whatever. Yeah, I mean... There's, did you find did you find that like happening to you a lot where you just get like grappled and thrown into a pit because that tends to be like bouncing point number one for a lot of that's people. That's the thing is I'm not really sure what happened to me every time I died. It was just I would walk up to the enemy, I would try to do something like what I would I would try to mix it up. Like okay, well the last thing I tried didn't work. Let me try something different. And then like no matter what I would try, like something would happen way too quick for me to understand, and then I was dead. And it was like, okay, well, I guess I've got to wait for the respawn timer, then hobble my way back up to the front line so we can do that again. Did you did you try playing, like, the 1v1 and 2v2 modes? Because 
the 4v4 modes really are just by nature way more chaotic because there's I mean, way more that's kind of the thing around. is again like i'm on board for the whole like we're leading an army angle of the thing and like if the meat and potatoes of that game is actually the fighting game angle then that's just that's just a matter of it not being for me okay then that's fair because the meat and potato of that game i feel is definitely going to be a fighting game angle it's actually kind of one of the interesting things about that game is right now Okay, so a lot of the FGC people, fighting game community people, are picking up on this game and they like it. They think it'll probably have issues at high-level play that need to be resolved. I would agree with that. Um, but they like the game and they see it as a lot of potential. And right now you're having a discussion, an actual discussion, not an argument, which is rare for the internet, about what the hell should the competitive mode be? Because a lot of people are like you and they prefer like the more chaotic, large-style battles and they argue that like the weird abilities and gear stats make the character various character classes like differentially powerful in really asymmetrical and interesting ways and that having more players allows for like more interplay between like class abilities both earned like the actual power-up abilities you get in the game and the actual like base abilities they have the trade-off there is the game becomes like way way more chaotic which makes it way harder to follow and a lot of people just don't like that they like the more methodical like 1v1 2v2 style stuff where you get to like I where you get to like size up your opponent and like move them down and carefully use environmentals and you just don't get that four v fours where everyone's kind of just scrambling at all times. It's um, kind of the, that's kind of might be part of the core problem is the game is kind of trying to be two things at once, and it's evidently at least from what you're saying very good at being one of the two things, but it's not very good at being the other thing. I because it's, it's it's it it wants to have kind of the one v one like dual kind of fighting game thing like and and also be like again like the big like we're simulating a battle between medieval armies thing and it's it's kind of a having your cake and eating it too situation. Yeah, I, I'd actually argue that game does a lot of things well. Like I really like. What I like 1v1s and I like 2v2s. I like 4v4s to an extent. I actually feel that, and this is obviously going to be me, I feel like the progression system needs to just go sit and spin. Real shocker there. Uh, Matt hates the progression system in a video game. But I don't think we've really gotten into it here on, on Going Pear Shape before. Have- or even indeed on really any podcast. Wow. Um, so, I'd be amazed if we had. I mean, you that. you and I have had this conversation just personally a lot, but I don't think we've like recorded it. So why, why don't why don't why don't you sort of explain to the listener like your your whole deal with progression systems and stuff? Progression systems fucking suck. Um, they tend to provide numerical advantages for players who already have a who already have an experience advantage over lesser players, and they tend to warp game balance in really uninteresting and really bullshitty ways. For Honor is actually a really good example of this because there are... For Honor is simultaneously a really good and a really bad example of this because there are multiple types of viable gear stacking in that game, but how they warp the game turns it into something that I personally completely fucking hate. So in For Honor, there are several kinds of gear stack. And keep in mind, as of this recording, it's less. it's like a week after launch... All of this shit is subject to change because as anybody who has ever played any sort of fighting game will tell you, you don't make definitive statements a week after launch unless that game is completely fucking terrible, which For Honor clearly isn't. Um, but that being said, as of like one week after recording, there are like three types of builds in that game. There are, in 4v4, 
Um, the 1v1 and 2v2 modes actually do not have any of the progression stuff in them, which is one of the big reasons I prefer them. Um, but in 4v4, there are like three kinds of gear stats right now that people give a shit about. One is revive speed, one is revenge, and one is ability cooldown. So revive speed is exactly what it sounds like. When your opponent, when you, one of your allies gets killed by an opponent, if they're not fatally executed, they go into like a bleed out state where you can run up and grab them. Typically, this takes about six seconds to res them, but with like actual fully stacked revive speed, it takes like a second, like one second. So feasibly in the middle of a fight, if your ally goes down, if you land like a grapple or a big hit that like staggers somebody backwards, you can run over to your opponent's corpse in the middle of a fight, press and hold B and get them up almost instantly. And it's fucking bullshit. Um, yeah, the, so you, it's it's hard to lose a battle if your allies never actually die. Yeah. A second form of gear stat is what's called revenge build. So revenge is the comeback mechanic in For Honor, and it's currently kind of shitty and busted, but we'll get to that in a moment. Um, stacking gear that helps you build revenge faster on damage and builds reven build revenge faster on block means that even in like 1v1 and 2v2 fights, you can pop revenge multiple times in engagements. And when you pop revenge, you gain half a health bar of armor, and you move way, way faster, and you auto-parry, and you get a whole bunch of bullshit that goes for you that essentially makes gives you, like, another full health bar worth of value. And you can do that over and over and over again with basically no diminishing returns, and it sucks. The third type of armor stacking that people are doing right now is ability cooldowns, where you take a class that has really good abilities, chiefly, typically, like the Orochi. Um, which is a class that gets a throwing knife and a class that gets a bow, both of which that are very hard to guard and or dodge. Um, and you just run around and you just throw throwing knives and shoot at people. Like, you land one heavy, you back off, and you shoot them with a bow and they die. Um, now, the interesting thing about this is, if I recall correctly, and I might be wrong because, again, I haven't invested a ton of time in the 4v4 modes. If I recall correctly... You can't actually have all three of these at once. You have to pick one type of gear stat, which actually creates a weird trade-off in how you want to build your character, which some people actually like. Um, I'm not a fan of it because, I, again, I hate the fact that you actually have to grind out the gear and like upgrade the stats and just go through all that bullshit me menu work. Just, ugh. Just min-maxing and grinding min -maxing, for Min-maxing and grinding for the thing. fucking items and just all that fucking bullshit. But I'll admit there's at least a trade-off there. Um, at least as of one weekend. Now, as we continue to progress, who the fuck knows what's going to happen. But for right now, that's how it works. And that actually is another discussion the community's having is, okay, if we're going to make 4v4 Dominion the mode, do we keep gear stats and abilities? And my take on that, and this is just me personally, my take is... Jettison gear stats into the fucking sun. They're really toxic. Abilities, I think you have to keep. Even though I'm not super hot on a lot of the Orochi's ones, um, some of those classes are literally built around their ability to level up quickly and get their abilities, and if you don't take those, I think it's going to warp balance in really weird ways. Admittedly, now, to be clear, abilities are a thing where, like, the more you do throughout the course of a match, the more options you have. Correct. Abilities reset at the beginning of every match. Your equipment does not. And that's the difference with abilities. 
like, there's some light RPG, like, MOBA stuff in there. As you, like, kill the little shitter minions and, like, gain experience points and, like, fight other players, you'll gain experience and then you'll level up and you'll get new abilities. And, like, one of them was, like, the aforementioned uh, bow that one of, like, the fast samurai class the Orochi gets where he can just, like, shoot you with a bow and it does a fuck ton of damage because he shoots you with a big-ass longbow. So, yeah. I don't like progression systems very much, and it's actually really interesting seeing how the community's reacted to the question, what should this game's competitive esports mode be? Yeah. So that's actually something we've talked about before, uh, kind of on the subject of progression systems, because you have kind of, for, for a very long time, like placed the blame for like progression systems being in these competitive games squarely on Call of Duty. Yes. And, um, and like, yeah, that's absolutely where the shit's coming from. It's because Call of Duty did it. Um, but something that Call of Duty does well that I think would kind of uh, assuage, I don't know if that's the right word, but it would kind of make my problems getting into the game a bit easier. Uh, there is there is one good thing that Call of Duty does, and it's the fucking noob tube. Yeah. Which is to say, there's something in the game that gives a new player a leg up. You know? Like, an item that, like, relative to the amount of skill it takes to use, does a lot, but at the same time, like it's it's something that like once you get into high level play, you're not going to fucking use it. There's a reason they call it the noob tube, but like it makes it so that when you're a new player, you're not just running in and dying, and then running in and dying, and then running in and dying over and over again. And there's kind of there's kind of no equivalent to that in For Honor that I can tell. There's not really a noob friendly class. Okay, there's not like a noob friendly. Well, actually, there is in the full game uh, because the full game introduced a big like he's like a massive dude called the Shugoki, and he has super armor. Um, he just has like super armor on a ton of the stuff he does, and he hits really, really fucking hard. And he gets a special backbreaker command throw where if he lands it when he's on low health, it literally one shots your opponent. Well, that damn! Class- why wasn't he there in the beta? I don't know. Interesting thing about the Shigoki, nobody, including really good players, has any idea where that guy's going to fall on the tier list. Um, he probably loses to Warden, um, who is like the standard just bread and butter knight class, um, but everybody loses to Warden, so that's not really saying a lot. Um, really, really weird, interesting, cool class. I don't... I don't know what... I, I've played probably a f- three or four hours of that class. Like, not super well, but, like, competently well. And I have no fucking clue, like, how good or bad that class is still. Really, really interesting character. But yeah, he wasn't in the beta for some reason. And he's, like, the de facto go-to... I'd say in a lot of ways, he's, like, the de facto go-to starter character... Because he's a fuck ton of weird gimmicks, and a lot of those weird gimmicks can literally two-shot your, or one-shot your opponent. Like, it's that strong. Um, also, his throw is he tees somebody up like a golf ball and just swings and launches them 30 feet. And you can do that into spikes and or off of cliffs and or into fire pits and shit like that. And it's fucking hilarious every time it happens. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, and to actually answer your point... For Honor actually does have stuff like that. It's just that it's not tied to a specific class. It's tied to the maps, and they're the environmental kills. So what you do in For Honor is if you're not very good at that game, you stand next to environmentals, and if at any point your opponent whiffs something, you can grapple them and throw them into spikes and one-shot them. Even if you're really bad, and up until a certain skill rank, if... 
in those fights, if you mash throw, assuming like both one players, if you mash throw and you're both playing at like medium-ish level, even if you're getting your ass beat, if you land that grapple and you capitalize properly, you can completely come from behind. I've done it a ton of times and people get salty as fuck when it happens. It's just, again, For Honor is a game that's really, really bad at relaying information to you, so it never tells you, hey, environmentals are a really good way to beat an opponent who's better at this game than you are. Because you can okay. always YOLO option with an environmental. And admittedly, now, the interesting thing about environmentals is, unlike the noob tube in Call of Duty, environmentals are actually still relevant at high-level play, it's just you won't be able to bulldoze your opponent into them with any sort of regularity. It's more something your opponent considers when they're like, do I want to go for throws? Because if you tech a throw or you break a throw in that game, you like punch your opponent off you and they it does no damage, but they kind of stagger backwards and you can stagger backwards like off of cliffs or into fires, which means that you it kind of changes how you position yourself. So it's actually still relevant at high level play, which I think is a really cool design choice. But it's very differently implemented in higher level play. Okay. Yeah. Um. And that I'd say is actually like one of For Honor. For, for in my mind, For Honor has like three. I'd say big issues right now. One of them is what I just said, where it's really bad at relaying information to the player because like it never told Mike that environmentals were a really good way to try and beat opponents who are better than you because you don't need to have any sort of like protracted combo knowledge. You just need to know I need to throw him and I need to reel him 90 degree right into the spike pit so he dies. Um, I'd say the second problem with For Honor is actually a very basic one. The music in that game is kind of shit. It's I didn't even notice there was music. Yeah, so the music is either, with the exception of some of the campaign music for the main antagonist, where they basically just were like, man, Mad Max Fury Road's instrumentation was super cool, we should crib that, and they cribbed it, and it sounded really cool, so it worked. Um, the music is either, like, wholly forgettable, or it's, like, literally 15-second drum loops played on repeat for, like, two minutes straight. It's, Dude. like, it's, like, really weirdly fucking bad. And For Honor is a game where it wouldn't have been difficult. I feel like it wouldn't have been that difficult just to, like, license some music, like some metal or something, and just put that in the game. And it would have worked, like, way better. It wouldn't yeah, have either, been Either perfect. just some generic, like, orchestral, like, medieval warfare type music, or, yeah, just some fucking butt rock would have been fine. Yeah, I don't know. And it's strange, because normally Ubisoft games have, if not great music, at least decent music. Um, that was actually one of the, weirdly, one of the things I felt Watch Dogs never got, Watch Dogs 1 never got credit for, is the soundtrack for Watch Dogs 1 is actually fantastic. It's really, really good. Oh, yeah, um, um, I think, I think the guy who composed the music for that game was on an episode of, I think, like, Song Exploder, I think it's called, talking about his process for making the music for that game. Really? I'll need to look and that yeah, up, because so, that game... Like that. I, th I think it's Song Exploder, but yeah, um... And and that's something I, I do remember, I, I never played the first Watch Dogs, but I did watch that big old like, chip cheese MLP... And, uh, you know, we heard a lot of the, I heard, I heard a lot of the music and like, yeah, there's some fucking great tunes in that game. Yeah. There's some fantastic music in that game. Also fun fact, the official soundtrack for that game has approximately none of those songs. It's one of the worst official soundtrack releases I've ever seen in my life. It's missing like seriously 70% of the music and that's God. even discounting. That's discounting the license stuff because obviously they can't put in like the license stuff. I know I get that, but it's missing all of the minigame music, all of the stealth music, all of the chase music, 
all of the combat music. Like, what the fuck? Oh, all of the boss fight music. Man, there aren't that the many. First boss Watch Dogs really was a black hole of suck, wasn't it? Yeah, like, and the soundtrack was one of the few redeeming qualities, and you can't actually like get the official soundtrack because the official soundtrack doesn't actually have any of the official soundtrack music on it. Go team! I did like, hear the sequel was really good though. Uh, the sequel is noticeably better, um, and the writing doesn't make me want to bash my head into the corner of this desk until I die. So that's cool. Uh, I haven't played a ton of it though. Okay. Uh, got a I mean, I know uh, our friend of, the, friend of the show, Ashley, was super, super into that game, so... Yeah, no, that, ge- that game is quality. I can attest it's a quality game. I'm just a little burnt out on open-world stuff right now. All I'll right. probably play some more of it down the line. Okay, but, uh, so you were halfway through your Four Honor problems list. Okay, so we have two of the three problems. One is it's really terrible at relaying information to the player. Two is that... And when I say relaying information to the player, I mean purely in the sense that your class is capable of doing this. In terms of, like... Relying information in terms of, oh, he's swinging at me from the left, and, like, the in-game information, that shit is fine. Um, I'm mostly talking, like, technical, like, background information for classes and shit yeah. like that. That was um, the thing, is, like, the, when I talk about how I felt like I never had any, any understanding of what was happening, that was in spite of how incredibly extensive that game's tutorial is. Yeah. Like, that, that's, that is a very, very thorough tutorial, and they make sure that you know how to do each basic function of the controls... And like they make sure they don't let you move on until you've successfully performed each thing like three times, and yet still by the end of it, I just I had no idea what the fuck was happening. Yeah, because the problem with that tutorial is, and this is a classic fighting game problem. It teaches you what to do, but not why you should do it, and that is like it because it never teaches you that heavy attacks give you frame advantage on block, or what frame advantage is, or why it's relevant in a combat situation. It actually doesn't teach you how to zone attack full stop, what zone attacks are, why they're good. It just, like... Uh, and it's frustrating, too, because much like Street Fighter V, more so than Street Fighter V, actually, I feel like this could have been, like, the fighting game that finally got it and introduced, like, fighting game concepts in a way that where people could, like, actually understand them. And, like, start to get into it. I want more people to get into fighting games because it's a genre I really, really love. But I'm not blind to the problems that genre has with actually, like, explaining shit to people. And unfortunately, For Honor is definitely not a game that breaks that mold, which sucks. But what the fuck can you do? Yeah. Uh, um, It's still weird that we keep talking about it in terms of being, like, a fighting game. And it's, like, it's very much, like, a 3D action game. It's It's kind of weird. It is weird, but it makes sense. Like, they're clearly, they clearly cribbed a lot of shit from fighting games for For Honor. It reminds me a lot of Battle Right in that situation, although I'd say Battle Right was actually much easier to get into because even though that game also isn't great, that, uh, well, that game, yeah, that game's not great about relaying information to the player either, but Battle Right, uh, most of the stuff in that game, it's way more immediately obvious why something is good or why something is bad, or why something is happening, because it's much better about documenting its shit. Like, in Battle Right, it actually gives you the frame data for every single move in the entire game out of the gate. If you scroll over a move, it'll say, like, startup time, and, like, active, and, like, recovery, and fucking everything, and that's awesome. Um, and more games should do that. Skullgirls does that. Killer Instinct does that. Uh, where the fuck... What? I'm Sorry, I got off on an off-tangent. What the hell was I talking about? Uh, let's see. You were you were again attempting to go through your list of of beefs with For Honor, right? Music sucks. 
It's bad at documenting information. And the third thing is defense is way too strong in that game. Um, or at least defense, let me clarify that. Defense will probably wind up being way too strong in that game. Um, because defensive options are ungodly good. And once you start getting into the higher level play brackets where people will tech throws 80, 70, 80, 90, 95% of the time, and where they will parry like 50% of the time, um, swinging tends to be a losing proposition. And you don't actually swing, uh, because you just swing heavy and whiff cancel parry and you do that over and over again until you manage to bait a parry out and then you parry the heavy and then you throw them. It's not the best. Um, admittedly, a couple of things about that. First is that only is really relevant at very high levels of play. Until you get into super high levels of play, that game actually plays awesome. It's actually a lot like Street Fighter 3 Third Strike, which was another game that was really, really good until you got into super high levels of play. The difference is Third Strike became broken in a way that was debatably really interesting. Like, I will defend Third Strike because I think that even though high-level play in that game is kind of broken, I'd argue that high-level play in that game is broken in a way that makes for, like, fast, interesting play and, like, really bizarre mind games that are super amazing to watch. And it allowed for really interesting come-from-behind potential. See the Daigo Umehara versus Justin Wong fucking Evo Moment 34 parry that... I for everybody's linked like a million times. And if you haven't seen that video, I think it is Evo Moment 34. Check that shit out because it's fucking amazing. It's kind of one of those like defining FGC moments. Defining like competitive video game moments, period. I think like everybody's seen that shit. Yeah. Um, but For Honor is not like that. For Honor is busted in a way where if you swing at an opponent ever, you lose. Um, at least theoretically, obviously. And again, it's week one. It's entirely possible there's some tech in this game that people are overlooking because it's week one and only in you, you just don't say things like this thing is going to be like this. But a ton of high level players from basically every region are saying, hey, guys, defense is probably way too good in this game. And the reason these top tier classes are top tier is they're the only classes in the game that can confidently set up any sort of real offense. Like the reason like the current top tier class, who's the warden, is so good is the warden has a really strong unblockable that leads to a 50-50 that leads back into an unblockable. It's she's he, she, they, you can select gender, um, are one of the only classes in the game that can that has a really powerful offensive option that's really good that can bypass like the parry issue. The parry issue in this game is if your opponent swings at you and you match their direction and you hit heavy attack at a specific time interval, you'll deflect their attack and like knock them off balance and get a guaranteed counterattack. Which for a ton of reasons I won't get into here because it's way too technical and I'm not even sure I'm getting it right, um results in a situation where swinging is a terrible idea and throws are way too easy to tech in a lot of and are way too easy to break in a lot of instances, which means you don't go for throws because your opponent's just going to tech it because the window's too big. So you kind of just wind up staring at each other. Um, again, that is an oversimplification and there it is too early in the game's lifespan to really tell how big of a problem it's going to be. It might wind up being a thing where defense is somewhat too good, but not like busted too good, at which point they can probably just get away with it by buffing the other classes up to like warden and like warlords level, who are like the current two top tier characters. Um, at which point it'll probably be okay. Uh, but if defense is, like, way, way too good, they might need to start rethinking how they've incorporated, like, parries and stuff. 
Um, okay. So that's maybe not the greatest. But yeah. So we've spent a long time talking about like the bad things about this game, but you actually really like Fortnite. I really you like this game. Some, I think it's super good. You want to talk about some good stuff? Sure. Um, first is that the single-player campaign is surprisingly good. Um, it's basically just a medieval sword-slashy equivalent of your average Call of Duty campaign, but that's actually way more than I was expecting. Um, it does re- just reuse maps from the multiplayer to an extent, um, but there are actually like some really original map designs in those in like the in like the single player mode like in one and like some of those uh some of like the boss fights are actually like really really interesting like um spoilers i guess it, the game's plot is it's nothing special it's, it's actually a game like, where vikings knights and samurai fight each other who fucking cares about story spoilers well it's that's kind of one of the weird things that we'll talk about that but spoilers i guess at the end in the end part of the knights campaign the first campaign um, you fight a boss who's like a Viking warlord, and at one part of it, and like during that boss fight, so it's a three-phase boss fight, and during like the second part of it, he actually like lets a bunch of wolves out of their kennels, and they only ever use that mechanic one time, and it's actually like a really cool mechanic because the wolves are like really, really fast, but if you block them, it like knocks them down, and then you can reliably get a hit on them. Um, and you can also, like, preemptively zone attack to, like, get them off of you, and if they, like, grapple you, they don't do much damage, but they put you into, like, stagger, and then he can, like, run up and, like, grab you and get a guaranteed stab. It's a really, like, it's a really, really well-designed and well-thought-out boss fight in a game where I wasn't expecting that at all. Um, and so the writing in the campaign is, I, I don't know how to explain it. The first chapter is, like, a nothing special, but at least competently done story arc that basically culminates with, oh, I guess we were the bad guys who could have possibly seen that com- coming. And then you start playing as the Vikings, and the writing goes off its fucking rocker in a way that's actually really entertainingly weird. Like, like how many weird, like, fucking weird, like, foreign, campy, like, direct-to-DVD B-movies have you watched? Not a ton. Okay, because the Viking and the Samurai campaigns in For Honor are basically like that, right down to the incredibly, like, weird direction and scripting and, like, super inconsistent acting. And it's it's almost impossible to describe, but it's almost like Black Dynamite levels of, were they aiming for, like, actual weird schlocky B-movie? Because it really comes across like it, with, like, super inconsistent production values and, like, really weird cutscenes and directorial choices and just a bizarre I don't even know what the moral of that that campaign or story is and just if if it sounds like I'm bagging on it I guess I kind of am but I can't say I wasn't entertained throughout the entire thing like I played the entire campaign through front to back with a friend and really enjoyed it and I'm probably in for one more playthrough on it um, it's about five, six hours long. It covers all three of, like, the main factions. Uh, so yeah, I really liked the story of that game. I thought it was surprisingly well made, even if it's nothing super special. Um, other things I like about that game, that game, uh, like, it really does deliver on the concept of, like, a multi-man fighting game, and that's not something you really see a whole lot of, ever. Um, with most contemporary fighting games... For understandably so, may I add, it tends to be an entirely 1v1 affair, 
and that's that. There's no, like, actual... I want to say there's no actual real multiplayer. That's obviously bullshit, but you understand what I'm saying, yeah? Yeah, yeah. But, like, games like Battle Right and For Honor, I can actually get my friends to play those. Because, like, we can play co-op, and they like that. And we can play co-op, quote-unquote. You're 2v2 versus another player. Um, and, like, that makes it really easy for me to get people into these sorts of games. So now my friends are actually interested in playing fighting games, and that's really cool, and I like that. And I also like the fact that the game is just fun. It rewards solid play. It rewards, like, good spacing and fundamentals. They're fucking wall splat setups and like weird tech and like all this shit the classes are really well diversified i mean the game really does have a lot going for it um i'm trying to think of like other things it does well the netcode in it is weird so the netcode in the game is it's simultaneously a little underwhelming and it's really good it, it let's just put it this way the netcode in that game is the best i feel it could realistically be because with a game that timing intensive, there had to be some weird conceits and some weirdness going on with the netcode. And I think they handled it the best way they could. Um, and the play experience, though not perfect, has actually been relatively solid outside of like launch day where it was drop after drop after drop. But as of right now, um, that game's online play is pretty solid, even if the navigating the menus is a pain in the ass. And there are some weird NAT issues in that game. That's maybe not so hot. I know some people have had real problems with how that game handles NAT, NAT settings. That's maybe not super great. NAT? Um, um, I don't actually know what it stands for. It's basically like internet firewall shit and how it impacts matchmaking. Oh, I'm, okay. not a te- I'm not a technical person. I could not fucking tell you what it means. Um, but I know some people have had some issues with that. That's not super hot. Um... Other things I like about the game, it looks fucking gorgeous. The PC port's fantastic. Um, it runs super smoothly. There are tons of options to like customize the graphics and make it run super smoothly. Um, the animation work is fucking awesome. The executions are badass. Um, the classes all have a ton of personality. Um, yeah. I, I like that game. I really do. I'm not blind to the problems, and I do feel like of all the problems, I feel like the, the long term, like the fact that defense is so strong, is probably going to be really problematic. But man, I've probably played like 20 hours of that game already, and I'm I'm easily in for 20 more at least. Okay. Yeah. So right. that's that's my review of For Honor. Um, For <laughs> Honor. How many, how many, how many, uh, what, what score out of 10 are you giving it? Oh, I was going to give it fucking IGN. I was going to give it eight. Well, if it's IGN, I got to give it three out of 10 and then whine that the game fucking sucks because I'm bad at it. You get it? Yeah. IGN said that about God hand. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Fuck, fuck those guys. But no, do 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 you think the guy that wrote that particular review is even still at IGN? I don't think he is. I don't actually know because even though I will always bitterly bitterly look back on that along with every other person who played and enjoyed god hand i don't actually give enough of a shit that like some dude who didn't know what the fuck he was talking about gave that game a bad review because let's face it ign's review may have been the most bullshitty but that game did not review well across the board that was fuck we could talk about that on another episode like games like god hand brigador um fuck what are some other what are some other like really good games that were just critically mauled when they first came out because the two that come to mind immediately are god hand and brigador oh, um, man, I, I i don't have any other examples off the top of my head to be honest yeah maybe like phantom dust i don't think phantom dust reviewed super well 
I want to say it reviewed like fine, but that game was incredible and it did not review particularly great. Um, but yeah, God Hand and Brigador will always be like the two that come to mind immediately. It's like absolutely fantastic games that like critics just did not get. All right. Uh, actually, that's actually one of the things I'm interested to see with For Honor. Let me let me check that real quick. Uh, you bullshit for time. Okay. What's For Honor's Metacritic? Uh, I don't know. What is For um, Honor's Metacritic? What is For Honor's Metacritic? Metacritic For Honor is currently sitting at um 75 on the PC version. Um, 81 on the PS4 and 83 on it. So it's basically sitting at 80 is what it's sitting at, which is to say it's an Ubisoft game. Yeah, like pretty much like literally that, like that's, that's the thing is like an 80 is the score you give an Ubisoft, Ubisoft game for game. existing. But the thing about for honor though, is for honor, for honor, isn't the typical Ubisoft game. This is actually something pretty different and not, not even just like pretty different by like Ubisoft standards. It's pretty different period. I know it earned comparisons to, like, Chivalry and Mountain Blade because of, like, mouse-based sword combat, but, like, the way For Honor approaches its combat is very, very different when you get down to the mechanical nuts and bolts. Also, it looks really pretty. It's a very nice-looking game. Um, But, yeah, I also give For Honor an 8 out of 10. Okay. Sounds good. That's your official going pear-shaped video game review. Um, yeah, I, I guess that's as close as we're going to get, because I, I only played it in the beta, and, like, I didn't think it was bad. Like, I mean, I complained about my, the problems I had with it. It's just, I'm I'm not I'm not paying 40 to $60 to keep playing that game. I was just yeah, gonna, th- eh. yeah, and that's totally reasonable, because, frankly, I don't think, I, I'm, I'm not sure how many people, did, like, for me, like I said, I already played 20 hours of this game. I could easily sink 20 hours plus more into it. That's totally reasonable for me, but, like... If multiplayer isn't a big draw for you, give it a rental. Redbox it, I'd say. I, I think there's enough meat in the single player for a couple playthroughs and like a two or three day Redbox rental to warrant that. But then like maybe dick around in the multiplayer a little bit just to see it and then return it. Um, but I, I do feel that like there's going to be some legs on this one. And if you get into the multiplayer like I have, I, I feel like there's some real replayability to this one. Okay. And Yeah. And that's 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 the going pear shaped crew's thoughts on For Honor. Eight out of ten, pretty good. I like it. Not perfect, but it's fairly original. It's it's pretty original insofar as AAA games go. Let's put it that way. All right. It's not I, the most original. Yet. I guess we're just a video game reviews podcast now. So y- yeah, come back next week for my review on Hearthstone. Um, pro tip, spoiler warning. Uh, it fucking sucks. You know, we keep teasing it. Eventually, we're going to have to get an episode in where you just screech about Hearthstone for. We'll get Molly in here and we'll talk about card games because nowadays, if you're talking about contemporary card games, there's literally no way you can avoid a discussion on Hearthstone. It's actually almost impossible. Okay. Are you ready for some questions? Sure. Wow, we have questions? Okay. I I, I went to the Twitter and to the uh, Teenagers with Attitude Facebook group because that's just kind of my source for questions. Uh, I'm just I'm leeching questions off of our other podcast. Yeah, that's um, a, that's fine. I mean, fuck it. We we put in our dues. Yeah, but I, I told him like, hey, ask us questions about knights, Vikings, and samurai. Okay. Um, and we kind of decided on the topic for this episode relatively at the last minute. So I told him like, hey, you've only got so much time to get these questions in. So uh, fucking here we go. Uh, friend of the show, Eric, and just fucking soulless question generating machine, Eric. Um. 
he, his question is, if you owned a sports team, which of those three would you want as your mascot? Oh, shit. Um, probably. Hmm. Now, here's the thing. I actually had Vikings as my high school mascot growing up. Um, and several of the other high schools uh, around also had knights. And so, like, I keep thinking, like, yeah, Vikings and knights are kind of like just sort of really common mascots, you know? Like, yeah. even the NFL has the Minnesota Vikings. So I'm, I'm going to go with Samurai, because I, I don't think there are really any sports teams called the Samurai. Yeah, I think I am going to go with Vikings. And okay. the reason I'm going with Vikings is that our college mascot was a Highlander, and they always got super indignant and pissy when people called it the, the Gordon Vikings. And that always just stands out to me as really funny for some reason. So I want a Viking as my mascot so I can get indignant and pretend it's a Highlander. All right. Got it. Uh, A few more questions from Eric. Uh, Which of these three cultures would you most want to live in? Oh, Jesus. Um, The answer is none of them. Yeah, they all seem like a bad time. But I feel like this is one of those like you have to pick one situation. You have to pick one. I'm going with Vikings because that probably provides the best avenue for social mobility and also dying quickly. You'll either get rich or die quickly, one of the two. I think I'm going to go with Vikings for much the same reasons. Yeah. Like, like, like the Vikings were, like, violent assholes, but they also seem to have, like... Well, here's here's the thing. Like, all three of them had, like, sort of a bullshit moral code, but I feel like the Vikings' bullshit moral code is maybe the most reasonable one. Yeah. So, and admittedly, this is this is me speaking as someone who knows basically nothing about any of those three things. But yeah, I think I'm going to go with Vikings. Well, the nice thing is, in this instance, since we're talking about for honor, I think we're going with like the for honor moral code, um, which I guess technically knights would probably be best there. But fuck it, this episode and the logic on this question works the way I want it to, and I want Vikings to be the best option since I already picked them, and I don't want to look stupid in hindsight. So fuck you. Okay. Uh, also from Eric, it says it seems Vikings have risen in popularity in the few years in the last few years. What would you attribute that to? Uh, continuing social unrest in the first world, I guess. In- increasing slash continuing social unrest and upheaval. Yeah, maybe. I I mean I don't. I haven't right. necessarily noticed this this thing about Vikings getting more popular. I haven't either, but I don't pay attention to shit like that. So I'm gonna take Eric's word. Okay. Uh, This one is kind of a repeat of a previous question he's asked us before. Which of these three would you most want to watch sneeze? And and I just want to say, Eric, I think Eric has asked us before about like, hey, who who do you, what historical figure do you want to watch sneeze? And it's just like, look, look, we're not we're not here to kink shame here. All right, like not not gonna not gonna yuck anybody's yum. But Eric, what the fuck? What the fucking fuck? What what is it? What is it with you and wanting to watch people sneeze? Do you think it's a kink thing, or do you think he just wants us to think it's a kink thing so we do the bit like this? This is another situation where I don't think it matters either way. Yeah, that's probably true. Anyway, to answer his question, knights, because they'd have to take their helmets off and wipe the nasty bogey out from the helmet. That You know, that's a good. That's as good an answer as, uh, as I think either of us are ever going to be able to come up with, so that's good. Yup. Okay, uh, this question is from Dory Mingu. He just says, Samurai Pizza Cats, discuss. Um, there's a lot of porn of it, and that's there literally. Is, my I'd own. imagine a lot of that is because is more flowing from the um original anime that it was cobbled together from. I don't think 
that they people give a shit and they just want to bone that pink cat. Um, I literally have no contact with that franchise outside of the pornography. So, okay, actually, there so you go. The the thing with Samurai Pizza Cats is its story is actually kind of famous in that the people who were 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 handed the show to dub and release in the United States didn't have the original scripts. So they just watched the animation and just kind of made shit up. Fantastic. Um, yeah, and the end result was actually pretty hilarious. So um, we, we're gonna have to watch that. I think that's. I think that like. Well, no, that's definitely on the docket to be, uh, and a bonus episode of Teenagers with Attitude at some point because the people who brought it over was Saban. Oh wow. Yeah, Saban actually himself. like it. Yeah, it got released after Power Rangers, but he actually bought the rights to. Uh, the the anime that Samurai Pizza Cats was made from before he bought the rights uh, to use uh, Sentai, like huh. that was one of the first like Japanese things he picked up. So, oh wow, yeah. Go so figure. that's definitely a thing we're going to talk about at some point. But yeah, Samurai Pizza Cats is funny. It's probably on YouTube. Just fucking look it up. And it's hilarious shit. And also, there's a shitload of porn of it. Yep, that's all I know. Okay, uh, moving on. This one is from Grant. Uh, which of the three types of warriors do you guys think would be the best at teamwork? Oh, fuck. Um, I think it'd probably be Vikings again. They coordinated raids. There wasn't some bullshitty fucking ca- cast taste, however the fuck you cast system. Cast system, yeah. To my knowledge, I don't actually... I'm talking out my ass here. Um, I think it would be... Yeah, I think it'd be the Vikings again. I... Th- I mean, teamwork is kind of an odd question because they all utilize teamwork. You, you yeah, we're we're talking to. about soldiers in all three of these contexts, so yeah, like, that teamwork kind of was wasn't a do we use teamwork? It was we're using teamwork because we'll literally never win anything if we don't. Hmm. I'm still going with Vikings because like keep that gravy train rolling, I guess. But okay, yeah, just yeah, just stick to the. I feel like this one could easily be a tie, because I feel like they would all yeah. utilize teamwork. Okay. I mean, I was kind of going to go with knights, because, like, the whole fucking chivalry thing, but, like, I feel like they've all got kind of an equivalent to that, so... Yeah. But, right, uh, also from Grant. Uh, the Vikings, knights, and samurai all use swords, but who had the best swords, and why? Um, wasn't it the Japanese? I know they didn't have a lot of steel, but they folded it, and that made it, like, godlike, apparently. That's what I've heard in my Japanese anime, and everybody knows that Japanese anime. What the yeah, fuck? Am I yeah, yeah, like saying? samurais like cutting planes in half and shit. Like yeah, yeah. I mean, I've watched a lot of anime and played a lot of anime video games, and the katana is always the thing that like slices through a planet or some stupid shit like that. So I'm going to go with samurai. Okay. Um, also from Grant, if you had to choose from a lady viking, a lady knight, or a lady samurai to be your spouse, which would you choose? Uh, and, um, firstly, let's not be heteronormative here. Uh, <laughs> secondly, uh, viking. Um, I, 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 f- I feel like a, a viking lady would be more apt to want to have a good time. Fuck, I don't know. Hmm. 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 I need to it's think real, on it's, this. It's a real thinker. Yeah, this is a difficult question. I'm going with knight, but that's a tentative answer. Okay, well, here let's 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 uh, let's let's put it this way. Um, 
would would you want to bang uh, gender bent Goemon from Lupin the Third, gender bent uh, fucking King Arthur from basically any version of King Arthur? There's a fucking million, or uh, gender bent Hagar the Horrible. Yeah, King Arthur wins. Okay, cool. Um, all right, where the fuck were we? Uh, okay, this one is from friend of the show Jules. Um, Viking samurai knights fuck Mary kill. Oh Jesus. Um. Knights, uh, fuck knights, marry Vikings, kill samurai. I'm, hmm, hmm. I, f- I feel like, man, this is kind of tough. I, I mean, I'm going to fuck Vikings because con- Vikings, yeah. like as previously established. Well, I mean, I don't know. The previous question was, can I, can can I just do Viking? Mary. Can I just do Viking for both fuck and marry and then both kill the other two? Um, I think that's against the rules. I okay. don't think that. Um, I don't think you're allowed to do that. All right, let's. All right, let's fuck a samurai, marry wow. the Viking, kill the knight. Wow, weeb trash. Yeah, weeb trash. Yeah, it's 100 weeb trash. Tell me about how you teleport behind people with your katana, you fucking weeb. <laughs> um. Okay, so this one is from Paul. It says so. Vikings always have horns on their helmets, even though in the real world they never did. Yeah, is they this never just something? Yeah, is this just something we'll have to accept? Like how there will never be a movie where a dinosaur has feathers? Um, I hope not, because I actually don't like horns on helmets. I, I'm kind of not a fan of that. Um, I think For Honor allows you to get some helmets without horns on them, and it allows you to get some helmets with really big horns on them. For Honor seems pretty big on like character customization, so. You might not have to accept it, at least personally, in that game, but I think in terms of, like, media presentation for a while, we're probably just going to have to accept it. Maybe moving on into the future, that won't be the case, or more than likely, it'll probably be a case where some pieces of media do have horns and others don't. Okay. Don't know. I'm going to kind of answer that while also answering a similar question. Uh, Kendall also sent us, uh, Viking hats in in fiction. Is it worth it for them to have horns, even if it's not historically accurate? And I would say, I, and and like uh, with with the example that uh, that Paul brought up with dinosaurs not having feathers in movies, I think Viking horns look fucking cool, and I'm okay with keeping them, even though it's not accurate. You see, I actually prefer just from a purely aesthetic point of view. I actually prefer no horns on helmets. Well. Typically, at least in a more grounded situation like For Honor. In like a fantasy setting like Skyrim, you know, whatever. Just go nuts. Who gives a yeah, fuck? Yeah, fuck it. Um, or like uh, another thing would be like Brutal Legend. I wouldn't mind it there either because like, again, the presentation of that world is designed to be really over the top. But in something a little more subdued like For Honor, I actually really don't like it. It kind of, it doesn't actually bug me, but it bugs me a little. Okay. Um, I prefer no horns on helmets. It's just like, why would you give your opponent a grapple point like that? That's fucking stupid. Okay, uh, this is another question from Paul. Uh, we've had essentially a knight-based Power Rangers and a samurai-based Power Rangers. We've never had a Viking Power Rangers. What would Viking Power Rangers series be like? Um, okay, well, they need... I mean, the deploy- Megazord would have the horns. I'm uh, just right out of the gate, cutting you off right there. The Megazord would have horns. No, absolutely. Um, however, it'd probably, like, gore people with them as well. It'd be fucking badass. Uh, huh, let me think. Would it be... They'd have to deploy on, like, the high seas, right? Because they're, they'd have to, like, travel in a boat. That would be, like, yeah. their equivalent of the Radbug. One, one, of, those, one of those big old fucking ships with, like, the dragon on the front, whatever that is? Yeah, would they have, like, a naval base? Like, a floating castle or something like that? Or, like, a private island? 
instead of like a command center? Or would the mm. boat be the command center? Or would it be like just a big fucking like battle barge? That'd be sweet. Oh, that would be cool. Um, yeah, just fucking naval sword battles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would their would their armor incorporate fur? Mm. Because fur is murder, and that's maybe not kosher for a kids show. Well, at least the sixth ranger would. Okay. That might that might be the extra bit of flair that he gets. Like instead instead of like oh the, he wears like an entire fucking wolf pelt. It's like the Gray Ranger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that I'm on board with that. Oh, okay. but what would be like their? How would you model them though? Would they be modeled after like roll, or would they each get like an animal? Would one be like a serpent and one would be like a wolf? I think you'd one still have be both like am- animals and things. Um, okay, so we, maybe be each of them is based off of like a character from Beowulf. Okay. I don't actually know anything about Beowulf. I, just, I don't know either. I just threw that, that out sounds, there. That sounds sounds cool. I mean, it works for me. I don't. I don't really. I, I, I had hoped that there was maybe a chance that you would like pick up what I was throwing down there, and I wouldn't have to do all the work on that one. But I whatever. read Beowulf, but it was a while back. I okay. remember there was a character called Beowulf in it. Fuck, dude. That's yeah. Yeah, I know. That's, <laughs> that's impressive. That's a fucking fantastic recall right there. Yeah. Well, fuck you. You shouldn't have thrown down those beats if I wasn't ready to pick up what you were laying down. Eat a dick. Okay. <laughs> Okay, um, oh, let's see where are we at. There's a lot of fucking questions, which is weird because I they, there yeah. This was like last. This is like last second too. Like damn, yeah. people uh, like fucking pirates, Vikings, and samurai. I guess. Did yeah. I say pirates, Vikings, and samurai? Shit, I meant knights, Vikings, and samurai. You know what? Honestly, pirates, Vikings, samurai, better game. Uh, I like I like the four honor classes. Like the fucking the thing about knights that the thing knights have over pirates, knights get flails. And beating the piss and shit out of people yeah, but flail is awesome. Just thematically, knights are kind of boring. They are kind of boring, but I don't know. I think the contrast makes them work. I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, like, man, I just I just don't know. Yeah. Like, no, I can respect liking pirates more than knights. I'm just giving my opinion. I think okay. pirates would be cool, too. I wouldn't have a problem with pirates. Right, I so think the problem in For Honor's case, though, is that Vikings kind of already fill the pirate role. Is the issue? There's yeah, definitely some overlap. There's definitely yeah. overlap there. Also, you're not really going to have like armies of pirates. Yeah, at least not in this setting. Yeah, not 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 in the traditional sense of an army. All right. Sorry, uh, all right. No, that's fine. Uh, this one's from Joel. Uh, which of the three would you most want to be, both in the historical context of what they actually were like, and in the modern context of what our stories about them are like? So. Do I have to answer for do I answer for them separately or as the same? Because historically we already established Viking. Yeah, we already we already we already kind of answered this as far as like actual time period. I think at this point we're just going by uh like what they are in modern fiction. Yeah, because And I think in this case it's still Vikings. It's either Vikings or knights, I feel. I'm still not kosher on the samurai. Um I guess with samurai hmm yeah, I think, but I don't want to, like, Vikings are the most brutal and, like, stereotypical fiction, though. Not about, like, the murder so much. It was only about the murder in historical sense because they all murdered and Vikings were just, like, the best at it. They so I, I guess with knights, there. like, in a traditional knight is, like, actually genuinely honorable and just out to fucking save people and shit. Yeah, so like I'd probably a, go with knights in Like, you, they're, like, fairy tale knights and shit. Yeah, so I'd probably go knights in modern fiction then, but Vikings historically. But then again, like, if we're talking, like, purely in terms of their historical conception, we've already talked about how fucking, you know, totally fucking sweet samurai are in anime. 
That is true, but they tend to have more killing, usually. But, but also, they not... have a lot of fucking teleporting behind someone with your katana. Yeah, and they also have a lot of honorable samurai, too. Hmm. But then, the problem that you hit there is weeb shit, again. Hmm. hmm. So it's either samurai or knights. Is the ability to teleport behind somebody with your katana and sneak attack them in the back for massive damage worth having to put up with the stupid weeb shit baggage? And also the potential for someone to teleport behind you. You and stab you in the back with a katana for yeah. massive damage. Although, here's the thing. If we're going with like like knights in terms of like just the fairy tale knights, you'll also have to potentially deal with dragons. Although that might actually be a point in knight's favor. Um, yeah. I want to fuck a dragon. Yeah, we mm. have established uh, elsewhere. You want to fuck a dragon? DLF. So. It stands for dragon. DF. D- d- fuck you. I want to fuck a dragon? I fucked it up. I fucked it up. There were three letters: DFL, Dragon Fucker League. There were three, and I said it in the wrong fucking order. God damn it. Okay, I th- I think we're going with knight though. I think we're, we're going with knights. Okay. Um. Let's see what's next. Uh, from Simon. Pick one. Viking Pizza Cats, Samurai of the Old Republic, or the History Channel's Knights. Oh, okay. History Channel's Knights gets launched into the fucking sun immediately. No. Uh, Joel actually offered up an an alternate choice for that last one. What about the Minnesota Knights? What about the Minnesota Knights? Are they a good team? Well, the the Vikings? Eh. Eh. eh, Not really. I mean, are they like a... Are they are they an okay team? Uh, are they a bad team? Uh, That's it, okay. it. Varies wildly. They're not they're not one of the perennially good teams. And they're not one of the perennially bad teams. They're just kind of there. So they're a very inconsistent team. Yeah, I mean they're okay. basically only noteworthy for being the rivals of the Packers. Okay, like, like that's basically it. Okay, so that's so that's one option. What were the other two? And I know there's Vikings? probably some folks from Minnesota that I pissed off by saying that, but like literally, sorry. The only reason anyone knows why your team exists is because they're the rival of the Packers. <laughs> also, Mike was being nice. He he didn't say your team was bad. He just said it was inconsistent. That's yeah. I mean, I don't know nothing about sports ball. Well, that's not true. I know something about sports ball, but I don't know anything about. The Minnesota people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're really dumping on Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. I swear, this isn't intentional. Jesus Christ. Okay, so it was the so that, le- that leaves uh, That leaves Viking Pizza Cats and Samurai of the Old Republic. So here's the thing. Jedi are basically already Samurai. Let's yeah, I was going to say, sa- isn't Samurai of the Old Republic just, like... That's just being more honest. Yeah, you know, on, it really is too. They're basically already—they are actually closer to samurai than they ever were to knights. Yeah. Um. So man, George Lucas was into that weeb shit. He no, yeah, he totally was. So like, in that case, I'm time. going with I'm going with Viking Pizza Cats. Um, just because it's the only one of these choices that's actually like that actually would be noticeably different from what we have now in the real world. Fair enough. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Samurai of the Old Republic because I feel like Star Wars, as crazy up and fucking down as that franchise is, has produced more ultimately worthwhile material than bad, or at least like the good stuff has been impactful enough to outlast and overshadow the bad. Okay. And it would basically just be Star Wars, but slightly weebier. It wouldn't even be like weebier. Okay. 
Um, so James asks, "For Honor is fun." Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, Zach asks, "What would the world be like if internet trolls had become completely obsessed with the Viking sword instead of the katana, with Viking media instead of anime? Is this a better world or a worse world?" You can literally see the impact of this on the For Honor Reddit right now if you want to. The answer is, it's a wash, really. There's some really funny, dumb shit that's come out of it, but nerds are still fucking terrible. Yeah. So, uh, I have two things to say about this. One, I like that uh, I like Dan's response to this on, on the Facebook group. Uh, he responded with the, the phrase, superior Norwegian steel. Yes. Which I like that. Secondly, um... I don't think nerds who got into Vikings would be all that different than nerds now because, like, I don't know if you've noticed, I don't know if you've been on the internet lately, but fucking trash nerds on the internet are pretty obsessed with the purity of the Aryan race lately. So, <laughs> like, not much of a difference. Yeah. Um, the, the answer is it's just a complete wash. It, it doesn't really noticeably impact anything, aside from the details of the dumb funny, dumb shit memes. Yeah. Admittedly, it still produces funny, dumb shit memes, so you've got that at least, but... So what would they be watching instead of anime? Like, what... They'd be really into death metal. They'd be really... That that would be, like, the big change, is instead of being into, like, children's cartoons, they get way deep into heavy metal. I think that would actually be better. That might actually be better. Yeah, I, th- I think that would be better. I mean, not to not to shit on anime. I mean, we've already been shitting on anime, but like, we've shit, no, it's fine but, to shit on anime. But like, man, death metal, like, yeah, yeah, no, that's that would be cool. But the problem is, then those people, the problem there becomes, then those people aren't into anime, they're into metal, and they're making that sh- scene way shittier now. So metal would start to suck more, but anime would be better. Oh. Yeah, I guess I guess I didn't think about that, but it's yeah, I guess fucking how terrible nerds are is kind of a zero sum game, isn't it? Yeah, I mm. feel like it probably is. Okay, well let, let's move yeah. on. Um, yeah. From Dan, um, what would change in the historical record of warfare if boob plate armor actually made sense and was good for combat? I um, I think that would I, just mean that people would wear boob plate armor. It mean boob ladies, you see booby and maybe titty when she fight. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Dan is positing that boot plate armor is good for combat as his change versus reality. He isn't actually proposing like that women fight more. So I think he's just wanting like a bunch of dudes to run around in boob armor. No, well, which I possibly. think is fine. Well, that's really funny, actually. Also, it means that all of a sudden, all the museums now have teddy plate armor. It also means that you probably get weird armorsmiths with too much time on their hands putting, like, actual spikes where the nipples would be. Oh, man, you get some fucking uh, Batman and Robin shit. Like like fucking bat nipples, yeah. Yeah. God. Okay, I'm I'm on board with this. I'm I'm into it. I'm I'm into into it. it. I'm into it. Okay, um, let's see. Skipping over questions I've already read. Okay, last question. And this is from our buddy Joe. Who would lose the fastest to a modern soldier with a weapon-mounted Humvee? Um, it would be the knights that is lost. They'd be the least able to dive for cover or get into situations where they may be able to counterattack or flee. All right. Yeah, that's that sounds reasonable to me. Yeah, 50 calibers would punch through that, no problem. 
Yep. Okay. All right. Asked and answered. Fucking yep. done. I think we did. We did it. We fucking yeah. did it. This was a fucking solid episode of the podcast. Which this means was we can- actually actually an okay episode, which is fucked because we picked this like super last second. I thought this was gonna be shitty. This is probably one of the better recordings we've had. Yeah, which means we can never release this episode. Yeah, because like here's the thing: if you give people a taste of what we're like, if we're trying to be professional, like they're gonna expect that of us in the future. That's true. Yeah, we can we can never release this we've episode. Got, we've got to keep those. We've got to keep expectations super low. We've we've got to like hide this episode behind like an elaborate series of like puzzles, fucking national treasure style. Oh, I know what we do. We title it episode like Let's Place Episode Seventy Four, and we release it in like a year or something. <laughs> I don't know, Just man. A lot of people no listen to Let's Place. I know, and I don't fucking understand why that show is. T- terrible like and i'm not even like i'm not even like talking behind luke's back i sit that repeatedly multiple times on that show where i've been invited multiple times i mean he'll admit that it's terrible like yeah it's it's it's, i don't it's not good i don't it's a bad shitty fucking show everybody knows it but uh, if you want to hear Let's Plays or any other podcast uh, that, that we may or may not be involved in, head to audioentropy.com. Uh, you can also hear us on Teenagers with Attitude. Uh, you can sometimes hear uh, us on Let's Plays. Um, totally Reprise is really good. Uh, War and Beast, All on the Watchtower, those are all great. Uh, they're better than this. And um, if you want oh, to ask wh- us... Go, go ahead. Oh, I was also going to say, I think Luke started up Let Me Tell You About Metal Gear, um, and if he has already started that up, or he's about to, and if he has already started that up, you should probably go ahead and peep that, because that motherfucker has a encyclopedic goddamn knowledge of that series, and I see, guarantee see, you So you said encyclopedic knowledge, I thought you were about to talk about, like, I thought you were about to say motherfucker has a giant fucking constant boner for Metal Gear. I mean, I mean, possibly he also, he has that as well, but like, genuinely that dude's Thoughts of Metal Gear are actually, like, really interesting, super insightful stuff. I would absolutely peep that series. Now watch as that series winds up devolving into a complete fucking shit show from the word go, and I just plugged something that's terrible. That's how this is going to work, yep. right? I Probably. Want, I, I, I mean, actually want I mean, to by saying like nice things, we've essentially doomed it to failure. Yeah, okay. But uh, speaking of failure, if you want to find out what we're going to be talking about in the future, or send us questions, or just kind of contact us in any way or see anything Shit, we have send to us say. hate mail. Yeah, Tell us how garbage it. our fucking show was. This last episode we recorded was fucking trash. Yeah, that was know. that was Garbo Town. That was a not a good that was not a good episode. I can't even remember what we talked about. That episode sucked. You know, I'm not even going <laughs> to say what we talked about cuz there's a good chance I might just not release that episode cuz it was fucking trash. It was a bad episode. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, if you want to get a hold of us, hit us up on Twitter at @gshaped uh, at g s h a p e d on Twitter. Um, we'll announce like future subjects we're going to discuss. So you can send us questions. You can also just send us off-topic questions at any time. Like just fucking ask us anything. Yeah, hell, you can even uh, suggest things you want to hear us talk about. I can't imagine why anyone would want to hear us talk about anything, but I mean, whatever. You made it this far, so. And you can um, also send us hate mail if you think our show sucks. Yeah, yeah. You can if you're from Minnesota and you're really angry about all those things we said about the Vikings. You know, just fucking hit us up. I don't uh, think your team's bad, by the way. I just I don't I don't know anything about it. Mike doesn't think your team's yeah. super special, but he didn't like dump on it or anything. I mean, I kind of no, 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 you, no. You'll go hard if you if 
if you've got a beef, you'll go hard. You didn't go hard on the Vikings. You were like, eh, whatever. All right. Uh, but anyway, so at G-Shaped on Twitter, um, and I think that's going to do it for us. Wait, was it the Vikings or the Knights? I can't even remember. Sorry, uh, Minnesota people, I swear to the, God. The Vikings are the actual you. team, the Knights were the made-up one for the question. Okay, so it was the Vikings. Okay, cool, got it. Yeah, yeah, they're also purple. Okay, that's fine. Yep. Um, so, yeah, for uh, for going pear-shaped, I've been Mike. I've been Matt. And always remember... Diddle yourself constantly. And do it while fantasizing about big, sexy dragons. <laughs> 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 <laughs>